very sophisticated equipment, Perry. I hit the red button. <laughs> oh, how long did it take you to learn how to do that? Yeah, I watched like a 40-minute YouTube video. And now you're an expert. <laughs> now I'm an expert. The world <laughs> really is on YouTube. All right. This is Robert from the 12 Pound Podcast. As a quick reminder, our show discusses life's changes and how we hope to help you face them through shared stories and experiences. Hi, Mom. Hi, Robert. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. You look good. Thank you. You know what else looks good? What? The day outside. It's beautiful. It's September 15th, and we are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We are out of Cape May County. We're at 10 episodes. Let's hit the road. Yeah. And that's what we did. We're in Philadelphia. City of brotherly love. Here we are. And sisterly affection. And sisterly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's not quite summer yet. So if you are inclined to get out of the city, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Maury's Piers. Uh, The season's almost over, but Maury's Piers, located on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey, is a classic seaside amusement park. Family owned and operated since 1969. If you haven't been to Maury's Piers, it's not too late. Visit them at Surfside Pier featuring the Ocean Oasis Water Park and Beach Club at 25th Avenue. Mariner's Landing Pier featuring Raging Waters Water Park at Skellinger Avenue and Adventure Pier at Spencer Avenue. So there was a third voice that came through the microphone, Mom. Who was that? Dr. Barry Litsky. Dr. Barry Litsky. Thank you for joining us today on the 12 Pound Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, Dr. Litsky. You can call me Barry. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> I am so happy to welcome Barry. Uh, Barry is an associate professor of entrepreneurship at Drexel University's Close School of Entrepreneurship. She teaches social entrepreneurship, sustainable innovation, and mindfulness. Barry's research centers on the role of business in society and in the ways that organizations and their members both create and respond to social justice issues. It's a lot to deal with. That is... And there's never a shortage of stuff to talk about. I can imagine. Or write about or think about. Barry, I had no idea. Yeah. What, that I can write? <laughs> You've got some... <laughs> or think? <laughs> wow. Mom, Mom apparently gets... She gets very surprised by our guests. I get surprised which, by people that I, I know and love. Which is very concerning. Because she brother, clearly is right? not asking a lot of questions. <laughs> or not listening. It probably um, never came up. No, it never came up. But it is now. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really. Yeah, this is our 10th episode. So we wanted it to be with you. We felt like it was... I love that. Yeah, 10 in. We wanted it with someone special. So we were really excited to... Yeah, we had Thanks, you on the guys. list from the very beginning. And we, we almost didn't get to do this episode. Our uh, Lyft driver almost killed the 12-pound problem over there. <laughs> yeah, it almost became a 12-pound uh, Ro- roadkill. Yeah. My, <laughs> my left leg was almost left in Fairmount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she took off when he was half in and out of the car. So it was a little it was a little hairy to start, but we're here. We are we're at Drexel University where Barry teaches. How long you've been teaching here, Barry? I've been here since 2017. Okay, so 5 years. 5 years. And so you're a COVID professor? I am a COVID professor. What was that like? Awful. Okay. I mean, it was <laughs> Now did you do what, because awful. you did it with COVID? Yeah. No, or? it wasn't awful compared to people dying awful, but it was very challenging. The students, the kids were very disengaged. A lot of them got depressed. We were teaching online. We teach on Zoom, which a lot of people did, and the kids would just turn their uh, their cameras off. And so it's bad enough to look into like a, a sea of 30 faces not paying attention to you, but it's <laughs> another thing to look into like 30 blank screens not paying attention to you. Anyway, we did the best we could. How did you manage it? I just, 
engaged with the students that wanted to be engaged and I just left the rest of them alone because everybody was going through so much stuff and you know we we were instructed by the university and also it's just common sense you can't force this it was such a unique time a unique situation you can't force kids you have to have your camera on you know that's just I mean they were in their bedroom some of them have family members who were sick you know it was yeah you're in their homes yeah, yeah, they were in. They were home, mm-hmm. and you know the kids I really felt for were the freshmen who spent their senior, the last half of their senior year of high school during COVID, and then started school, started their big college experience online from the same bedroom that they had probably spent wow. the last previous twelve years of schooling. Right, so I felt bad for the kids because I don't know, but at that age, I was really ready to get out of the house. How do you, you feel know? like those students came out of it once things? Got back in the classroom and normalized on a relative basis. Did you see a difference in yeah, the kids so last prior fall, to COVID? Yes. Well, last fall, well, maybe it wasn't prior, but last fall we were back in the classroom. We all had to wear masks and people were just really participating. And I think it was because they were so left alone for so long and that they were just really glad to be on campus. At that time I was teaching sophomores. They were really glad to be on campus. They were really glad to be with friends. They were, and so they were enthusiastic. They had a lot of energy, and we had great conversations. And that's all gone away. Yeah, now they, they're back to just staring at me like I'm <laughs> stupid. Now, to be honest, we haven't, we haven't started yet. We just got a group of, um, we just have, we're, uh, the close school is small. It's only about eight years old. We just admitted, I think, 45 freshmen. They came this week, and they are so cute. They're so enthusiastic. They're really happy to be here, and they're, you know. So I think it's going to be great. I think everybody's just really glad that we can be places again. Yeah. You know, face-to-face with people. Yeah, and looking at someone's face. Exactly. You know, I think that um, hopefully, you know, we're on the road to recovery because we're, you know, not quite there for Mm -mm. sure. I mean, there's so much residual stuff. And everybody, like you were saying, it's so different. You know, I, I had think I had said this before, not to be redundant, but it's I didn't really feel too much the effects of COVID. I was down at the beach, such a small, you know, smaller area. And, you know, you wore a mask maybe to go to play tennis. I mean, it wasn't, you know, for some people it was just they're trying to work tell from us, home. Tell us more what it looks like from the ivory tower. <laughs> Yeah, this is the 12-pound problem. What a tough COVID experience. Barry is slugging it out (laughs) in the classroom with children who are really hurting. But did your your racket string break? I'm trying to tell you how how it was, Rob. I'm trying to tell you. It's funny. They couldn't close the bridges? (laughs) Keep them out? But anyway, anyway, I'm glad you made it. Very, very, made it. very different for for everyone and how they're coming out of it. And uh, you know, I've had the opportunity actually to talk to a few kids that didn't experience their prom. They didn't experience hanging with their friends. I mean, these are kids, and you look back at this stuff, and you know, they were really, really cooped up. And as I said, you had um, mothers who were working from home with a four-year-old running around with not funds to hire nannies and help. You know, they just had to work their way through this. And a couple of uh, friends of mine, they were, lo- they were really losing it. I mean, they were really. Yeah. Or even the parents that were both working from home and had three kids that were doing online school. That yeah, had it was tough. It's, really it's a tough. tough. So hopefully. You probably had 
did you have to do online school? I, I didn't. You know, it was uh, the pre-K. M- most pre-Ks just shut down. Okay. They just, at that age, they decided not to do anything younger than kindergarten. That was good. Yeah, which was good because I, I knew a lot of the same thing. That kindergarten to third grade was a rough rough year for a lot of people. They wanted to incorporate, you know, two hour, I think the way it worked in New York City is that they were doing uh, two two hour blocks of online schooling for four and five year olds. Mm. At the time, my oldest daughter was three, four. So she just missed it, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't fun for a lot of people. Even in, um, in financial services, I felt the same thing. All of a sudden, everybody was happy to be back in the office and going getting on planes and going to yeah. meetings. Everybody you know, would take a meeting. I think that the um, one thing that I really noticed, I te- freshmen and sophomore kids at, in, in college, you know, they're dealing with a lot of other things anyway. I have three nieces that are younger. They were in like 10th and 11th grade and they're friends. And what I noticed about them and even the little kids is they're so resilient. You know, they just kept, just did their thing. It's like, oh, I have to wear a mask them all. Oh, oh well. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, you can take your mask off. I'm good. And or little kids on the playground, like, they're not going to remember any yeah. different. Yeah. And they're just, it's kind of just like the way that it was the way that it is and they are very resilient mm-hmm. yeah thank god huh? thank god it's right mm-hmm. i'm curious too being in the school of entrepreneurship have you seen have you seen changes in the way that people think about their careers coming into school and then coming out of school do people want to do students want to do more of their own thing yeah i think we were up in applications this mm. year as a as a rule universities applications are down like across the boards undergraduate and graduate and there's a and we knew this kind of this um, this slope was coming because of these years that there weren't as many kids that were born. So I just was reading an article that it started early. I think they were I think they were predicting that by 2025, university enrollments were going to dip maybe I don't know 25 percent. I'm making that number up. It wasn't like huge, but it was enough that we're not allowed to lie. Gonna, uh, by the way, on a podcast, yeah, I'm trying not to. Okay, yeah, but um, but that it started early. Because what was that people, again? 25 percent? I think so. 2025. <laughs> But that it started early because kids are saying, you know what, maybe I'm not going to go to college. Or I'll tell you what happened. A lot of the students that are freshmen and sophomores, they're taking all their general requirements. They have to go home. They're not going to pay university prices to get online school when they can pay community college prices. Mm. And then transfer their credits back in. So, so yeah. So, But some kids, yeah, they decided they're taking a longer time off longer gap year or just changing it up maybe not coming to school i'm thinking about what we were you know when we were talking about that we were going to be chatting with you talking about how old are these kids mostly 19 18 19 seems like a long time ago for me a little bit long for you and not quite as long for robert but what i wanted to get into which i think is interesting we don't have a 19 20 year old here but we do have three different generations now i know i'm a boomer a baby boomer I'm a I'm a late boomer. You're a late bloomer. Yeah, so a late bloomer. I was gonna say a late bloomer. So we're bloomer. both boomers, but you were closer to the beginning. So I boom bigger, and I'm closer to the end. Yeah, but that was a big. I mean, the, the great, not the greatest. Excuse me, the largest generation, right? Number the boomers. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty-six to sixty-four. Now I think they called our, or at least my parents' generation, the the greatest. The greatest. The greatest yeah. generation, yeah, yeah, which I think is so cool. Yeah. And you would be, Robert, po- I'm pointing, you would be... <laughs> I am. I'm Gen X. You're Gen, Gen X. X. Yep, I'm right there. Yeah, Gen X is you 
had technology pretty much? We saw both sides. Okay. So we saw, we were old enough to be pre-iPhone, You remember answering machines. Answering machines and the, you know, the yellow pages. Yeah. Okay. You know, beepers were a big deal. Yes, beepers. I I typed papers. I, I, I would have started typing papers on a typewriter. Yeah. And then had a word processor. Yes. Okay. And then a computer. All in my 18 years of school. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So when you start talking about it like that, it's interesting. You're older than I would think. That's right. Thanks, That's what I'm thinking. Is that what you're too. thinking? Like you're kind of old, Rob. Right. But wait. But I what, look good, You though. feeling better, Beth? Feeling you know, younger? I'm feeling so much younger. Me too. But wait. Yeah. So when I was in college, we typed on a, a typewriter, electric typewriter. Yeah, it was. It would have been electric. electric. We had. We still had some older school typewriters as well. But yeah, mostly electric. My electric f- typewriters and then electric word processors. Yeah, and f- not and not a lot of people had them. We had one. So kids, when I was in high school, would come to our house to use it to yeah. type their papers. We had one college roommate who had an electric typewriter, and there were seven of us. So we were always using the typewriter. Well, yeah. not to show my age, but I remember both. So I remember when, because I was in my dad's office, so I remember when we got the electric typewriter, but I also remember the Royal... Oh, yeah. Um, Portable. Bang hard. My well, mom, you also worked, didn't you work for AT&T? Did you work for the t- uh, phone company? You know, company? when I think about that, I worked in the summer as a Bell Telephone operator. And I'm talking headset cords plug-in uh, operator wonder, what, does, what are those plugs doing? well they're, what are you plugging into you're plugging into sections of lights like if the first three numbers are 522 884 886 so you know where the call's coming from and then their cards if it's collect you're stamping a card i mean it's really incredible but you could there was a listening key one of the sections had a listening key and if you were and these were my friends so if you were lucky enough to get to the listening key you could (laughs) you could listen to conversations did your parents make you call them person to person or collect and not accept the charges so they knew you got where you were going well my grandparents might would when we got home from new york my mother would have to call and say a collect call for sheila litsky and they'd say there's no one here exactly (laughs) like didn't everybody knew right Everybody knew what you were doing. Yeah, but we were we were getting over on the man, so everybody was into it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I remember, you know, in the seventies, the Bug Man would come. Do you remember the Bug Man? Did you have the Bug Man in New Jersey? Because we had the Bug Man in Annapolis. So the Bug this Man, this big truck. It looked like a garbage truck, and it was spraying chemicals, big fog all around the neighborhoods. And we, what would kids do? Run we it. ran behind the bug man. Yeah. Like yeah. idiots. Yeah, we did that too. But Getting the, all those chemicals, breathing. The bug man, the bug man. Actually, we it was so DDT. Excited. DDT, That's exactly. what you're breathing. And it was yeah. smelled so good. But our parents never said, like, <laughs> you're idiots, get, get away well, they from the bug know. man. They, yeah, they didn't, didn't know. know. It smelled so good thinking about it. Now I'm going to be thinking about the smell of that. <laughs> you know what else smelled really good? Here's my age. In school, you maybe, I don't know if Robert would remember this, but... Mimeograph, the purple. I loved oh, it. that you know. Let me t- okay, you yeah. know why that you were like drawn to that? Why it was alcohol based? There you go. <laughs> That's what they said. Really? On. Yeah, yeah. It was. I uh, used to love. Uh, will you go make copies? Yeah, First sure. Of all, I was like, you went into a closet. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're like the huffing thing. fumes. Yeah, yeah huffing seriously. Fumes you're in the closet huffing <laughs> the. the the copies. That's how it started, huh? That's how it's all started. That's how it all started. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it was good. That was great stuff. But anyway, what I kind of, I was interested in is, you know, age-wise, what do you, you know, at what age do you say, what happens at 45, Rob? Any difference? 
ever, any difference when maybe- I noticed something different the other day. My what? daughter was sick. She had a cold. And I had to figure out how much of the cold medicine to give her. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be 5 milliliters or 10 milliliters. So I went to check the box and I couldn't read it. And it was the first time that it ever happened. And it has been with me like a parasite ever since I cannot, I've lost my vision. Mm-hmm. So did you I, have to hold it out? I had to hold it out oh, and I, and I kept, yeah. I was testing it <laughs> like where, how, you know, is, and then I'm trying to figure out like is six inches bad is four inches bad is, and that was, that's when I knew things have changed. Yeah. That is a forties thing. Yeah. You know, it, for me, it, it happened at 39 mm-hmm. and yeah. I was reading I guess I was just finishing up my doctorate, but I was reading all the time. And I remember I called one of my college roommates and I said, I think I have a brain tumor. <laughs> and she goes, why? And I said, because all of a sudden I woke up today and I can't read the pages. And she's like, was, the last time you had your eyes checked? And I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> what do you mean eyes checked? But I did have my eyes checked, you know, a year or two ago. It's just, it happens quickly. It does. Apparently, yeah, I had an eye doctor say that eventually everybody's, it's because the muscles or something in your eye starts to wear out like everything else okay. eventually and it's, does. And it's around the same, yeah, the same, same, age. same age. What's going on age-wise with me with my eyes this is crazy. For some reason, at this very moment, my farsighted, I can't see far away, is perfect. I mean, and I needed glasses. So now the glasses are no good because I need to take them off to see far away. So I said to my doctor, what is going on? I've got 20-20 all of a sudden. She said, oh, it won't last. <laughs> it's like a transition. It's a transition. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous, you know? Wow. Yeah. I said, does this happen to a lot of people? She said, not really. I said, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool, though. It, it is cool, but it's not because you can't, you know, the glasses that I have are really no good. Right. But do you, but do you still need them? Yeah, because they're all progressives. Oh, the, I have yeah, the progressives, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, they're all progressives. So anyway, that's what goes on at um, 70. That might not go on for you. That's all that's going on with you? No. <laughs> no. It's just, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the shoot, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're at bat. I'm at bat. Yeah, lots of, lots of stuff going on, other than the fact that I have an age spot on my forehead that looks like a standard poodle. And I told her that, right? No, I said to her, she said, she goes, it does. What do you mean? Let me it see. It looks like a standard poodle. Do you want to see it? Oh, you Hold mean on, the audience. mark itself does? Oh, my God. It, no, see, you know what? It really looks more like a Scotty dog. It looks like a Scotty dog. she's got a Scotty dog on her forehead. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. So, anyway, I we wouldn't give mo- up. How, how do we monetize that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, you know, it's I'm chosen. I'm chosen by the canine. It's Calvary. too bad it doesn't look like Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> I know. Be part, people could, would come. They could and come pray. For, to, and pray to her forehead. <laughs> She would be, you know, I've got a tennis match at 10, so let's get this over with. <laughs> It'd be great, but it would be like the start of everyone standing vigil for her when she when she dies. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Not that I'm talking about my funeral, but I've been watching The Queen, and I just told Dr. Litsky that I like the vigil idea better than the wailing wall. I, I, I do. I just thought it was moving. I thought it was very moving. So you want but, the family to stand vigil? Yeah, I do. And, you know, and everybody, like lots of vigils, lots of vigilantes. <laughs> You can be in charge like of that, Robbie. Open, open casting call. <laughs> open casket vig- call. <laughs> open casket call for vigilantes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The greater yeah. Wildwood area. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Is that how you anyway. want? So do you have a, do you have like a, a something written down with how you want this to end? Me? Yeah. Do you want to be? Well, you know. Barry said she wants Quizzo. She wants the, the yeah. world to celebrate her with a question about. 
lots of questions about my life. Barry Litsky trivia. And you get prizes if you know me. Whoever knows me the best. Mm, I like it. I don't know what the prizes are. Well, I thought I, I thought they should be your estate. Yeah, my my <laughs> huge enormous estate. I like that. That's a I great like idea. That. Who wants Barry's books? <laughs> right. That sounds like a shop. Who wants the yeah. lint in the closet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that's yeah. You know, somebody was um, talking about age, and you know, because we're all obviously we were all born and we're all going to pass, but saying I'm at bat, I, I always say that you're in the shoot. And it, somebody was saying it's like a baseball diamond. I think, yeah. It's like when you're, you have kid, when you have grandchildren. Well, you have grandchildren. So Rob's kids are, they're in the hole. Rob's they're on the dugout? deck. Yeah, they're in the, in the hole, in the dugout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rob's on deck and you're at bat. And so my parents were, you know, they were at bat for many, many years. I was really lucky. And now I'm at bat. Yeah. No, you're not at bat. Well, I'm the next generation. I'm the, you know, there's no other older generation like but you I'm could it. use the basis absolutely so Doesn't you mean that be, i'm gonna but i'm at bat i'm up to the plate yeah of you course think, you can use the basis well i mean my parents are already gone so who else is going to go before me yeah but i'm just thinking of age you know oh, so yeah. you're no, thinking of like yeah okay i see next what you're saying you're thinking generation your, okay i'm thinking generations no, I'm thinking kind in of, the of family. like the age and oh, how yeah. long so if you were doing like the diamond or the the basis yeah you're sort of i don't know trying to steal third yeah yeah. Yeah, you're trying to steal. Well, you're third. trying to steal third. I'm still on I'm still at the I'm I think still I'm at the plate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're Whatever taking, you say, Dr. You're taking pic- you're taking pitches. There He's you letting go. Them come he in. says exactly. I'm just yeah, watching the yeah. pitch. Just Which is, pitch. you know, what we had uh, Rob and I were talking about before and you know, my parents passed away very young, so I didn't get a look at that. Uh, I, I worked some, around um, people in uh, independent or assisted living for quite a while. So I got to see other people going through that. I must say mostly daughters. But you um, had a first bird's eye experience with that. I did. And from what I have, you know, what I witnessed and stuff, that's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy gig. It's not an easy gig. And there's a couple things that I, I remember years ago, my friend, um, one of my best friends, her parents were a good 10 years, 10 or 15 years older than my parents. And she said to me one day, her mother was suffering, and she said, people live too long. And I thought she was joking. I started laughing, and she goes, no, really. So then my parents get sick, and they both, they both have dementia, basically, for different reasons. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, people really do live too long. Because I, that whole dementia thing is a whole nother, it's a whole different story. Yeah, it's, uh, they're like toddlers, they become like toddlers. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. But in my family, there was a lot of a lot of support, a lot of love, and a lot of humor. You know, my parents were funny. I mean, I remember my father even, like, telling me this story. And he's going, he keeps repeating himself. And my mother's, who became completely impatient with him, was like, get to the point, get to the point. And he <laughs> says, you know, I don't even know the point. And he looked at me and he goes... I'm boring myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there was, you know, I mean, there was, you know, there were, there were days that were horrible. There were days that were great. And, but at the end, it's like just gratitude. I had them for a long time and they were, they were really great for a long time. Yeah. But, but to your point, the care I've seen, you know, a lot of women are in the, for some reason, the women are just doing it. I mean, in our situation, my brother lives in California and my sister and I are both here. So that was, you know, that kind of made us the, the go-tos. 
Yeah, I've noticed that oftentimes it's the it's the daughter. Even when they were searching for a place for mom or mom and dad to go, it was rarely the son. A lot of times it was geography. Sometimes yeah. it was geography. But um, it was mostly the daughter. And the age, it's interesting because you're in your 50s. And that's about where it falls, or early 60s. And it's, it's an interesting time because your kids are, if you have children, they're usually up and gone. And it's the time that should be kind of done it. We've been working. We're getting near the end of, you know, that. Or we're really established at what we're doing. We're not questioning, oh, my God, you know, how are we going to pay for this? Or what are we going to, you know, do with that? And then all of a sudden you have this huge responsibility or this huge um and there's so much that i saw anyway you can tell me you know there were so many depending on the relationship you had with your parents i know um a woman i knew very well was crazy about her mother and she took care of her her mom moved in with her and she said i have i have to really be honest there were times where i wanted to throw her out of a window oh I, yeah i couldn't believe that my feelings were like i just wanted to wring her neck and because you're exhausted <laughs> yeah but the other thing is is that they're not the person that right. you remember, yeah. you know, it's frustrating. Like, um, you know, they're not the parent that, that they always were. First of all, they, they stop be, being parents. So there's no none of that, like, let me see, let me bounce this idea off mom and see what she has to say about it, because there's no... That's what someone yeah. actually wrote in. We, oh. had, we had a listener write in, and that was something that she was really contending with. She's dealing with that transition of your parents were always your support system, and now all of a sudden you are your parents' support system. It creates a lot of... Well, there's just a lot of emotions around mm-hmm. it, you know. But one of the things that really blows my mind is, you know, my parents both had aging parents. My my grandparents were all, all my grandfathers both lived into their middle to late 70s, which was old for their generation. My grandmothers both lived till 90, and my parents lost their parents. And I never remember them even complaining or being frustrated. Now, I know that they had to have been. But my mom also wasn't a primary caregiver because her parents lived far away. But I never remember them even saying, like, God, this sucks, or it's, this is really hard. <laughs> how like, about that? So that when it came our turn, I was like, God, this sucks. How come they never told me how bad this was going to be? <laughs> and, um, but the other thing is about talking about age. Like, so now this is just what all my friends are talking about. You know, we talk, my, you know, well, this is what my father did yesterday, or this is oh, because everybody's dealing with the same, you know, we're in the same phase of life. Yeah. And so um, for those, you know, I have some friends that lost parents young, but for the rest of us, you know, we were really lucky. We had parents that were cool and that lived a long time and a healthy life, and, and we had great childhoods and all, all that. But then we had to deal with them like they were children, like they were toddlers, right. really right. toddlers. Which I never, it was interesting. My sister and I would talk about that, and, you know, somebody said once, that, you know, well, you guys dodged a bullet. And when I first heard that, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's kind of cold. Yeah. But, and then you think it's interesting because I, I will never know my parents as elderly. And I look at that and I, and I often think, I wonder what my parents would have looked like. You know, I mean, of course, now they'd probably be gone, but my mother would be 98, I think, or 99 or something like that. Well, she was 64. Wow. You know, so it's, um, I don't know that, you know. I was thinking, I don't know why I went from there to, um, you know, like a Marilyn Monroe. You know, when you have that visualization, she's, what, 28, 30 years old. That's all yes. you know. That's you all know, you that's ever all know. That's all you right? ever know. So, um, and it was funny. We were talking, like, Betty Davis, I thought, made a big mistake doing the Johnny Carson show 
when she was really, really old. And that's the, when I think of Betty Davis, which often at times I do, <laughs> I think what that poor kid puts up with, <laughs> and it tears my heart in two. What is that? Is that I don't know. Every night in a swank cabaret. No, okay. <laughs> I think that's a dad song. It might be. Breakfast Something dad wrote? What kind of life is that? Well, anyway, that's the name of the song. Um, yeah, and she came on the Johnny Carson show, and she was ancient. So when I think of her, that's what I see. You know, yes. not Betty Davis in the movies and stuff. I think of her sitting on that sofa, just you know, like a, almost like a skeleton. Little old lady. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah very, very old. So, um, but um, you know, I talked to you a bit when because I was in Philadelphia, and you know, you were back in and the your same sister. building. Yeah, in My the same parents. building. In the same building. Well, that, there's a reason there's a lot of old people in the Philadelphian, and it's because it's a great place for old people. It really is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the grocery store and the diner, and people can get their hair done. And We'd like to thank the Philadelphian yes. for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> but instead, we're in going to thank Maurice Cl- Pierce. In particular, Klein's Supermarket, but we can talk to them. Yeah, yeah. We can. We can. Absolutely. I think that's a good one, too. Absolutely. <laughs> What were you saying, Robert? You were trying to do a... Uh... I was actually just thinking that it's probably not too late for you to adopt a daughter so we can get some help because apparently sons don't help too much. Well, you don't, so you we're going to have to put a wanted ad out. I told Robert out. and he doesn't like... He, I don't do it anymore. But I used to tell him, honey, just this is what, you, this is what you're going to do. And this is her end of life This plan, is my end of life plan. Okay. Get a pillow. Which in my and my father's just is the same. Put it over my face and hold it tight. I'm going to fight you. I'm probably going to fight really hard, but you can do it. I know you can do it. And he would always go, stop that. Stop that. Right? <laughs> so then he told me, so he said, you're not going to believe this, but dad told me the same thing. We're, di- we're divorced. I said, he did not. He goes, yeah, he did. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's our plan. Because nobody wants to live. I don't know one person that says, oh, I want to live you know, while I'm shitting myself in my <laughs> wheelchair. Oh, yeah. I want my kids to have to change my diapers. Yeah, I can't wait until I don't remember right. anything, you know? Right. I don't even remember how to eat. Yeah, sign yeah. me up. Nobody wants to live like that, so everybody's saying, like, I mean, really, we could ha- you could do a whole episode on right to die, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, absolutely. It's um... We do it for our pets, our beloved pets. Yeah. But we can't do it for our beloved humans. Yeah, and a beloved places. humans that even can voice. I mean, the pet can't say, "Right, D- please take yeah. me to the vet." Right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, your parent can say, "Please yeah. help me." Yes, I, you know, I just want to go. Yeah, I just want to go. Um, you know, it's time to go. I've paid enough electric bills, and I'm out of here. <laughs> right? I have a I have a friend who um, his actually his mom was was dying, and um, he was there on his birthday. And he said, hey, Ma, you didn't die on my birthday. And it was like 3 in the afternoon, and she opened her eyes and says, day's not over yet. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, you know, what you said is, I think, so important, and that is the letter that you received or the email that you received from that young woman that's really struggling, not just the taking care of part, but sort of losing you know, the thought of losing your parents and that, like you said, they're not who they were. But humor has always gotten me, and I think my, and I would say you as well, Rob, uh, through... Oh, you guys are a funny family. Yeah, we're we a funny family. Laugh, yeah. yeah, and That's... it's, if you can't, you know, you know, life can be tough. Life is tough, and getting, you know, what did, it was Betty Davis, wasn't it? Isn't that funny? It was Betty Davis. Getting old is not for sissies? No, Irma Bombeck. 
Okay. Oh, Irma Bombeck? Bombeck? Not for yeah. sissies? And, Jenny um, not for sissies. You know, it's not. You can check that. I'll check that, yeah. too. Fact check. Fact, Fact check. Our producer. Check. The producer. And, you know, if, if you were right, I'd hate to correct you on your own show. <laughs> I apologize in advance. It's okay, Bear. It's okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you have to, uh, you know, laughter is, it, uh, uh, is the best medicine. We have a, um, my mom was always losing her teeth and her glasses and her car keys. Like before she even had dementia, or at least before any of us recognized it, she was always losing everything, right? She even had a, she had a cartoon in the bathroom that was a bunch of people sitting around and their glasses were on top of their heads. And it, the caption was missing glasses support group. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, and that was like 25 years ago. But anyhow, she loses her teeth we got her new teeth then she loses them again so she had a lazy boy that she practically was living in so my sister and I are sitting on the sofa and she says I bet you my teeth are in this chair we're like ma we checked the chair we pulled it open we you know we checked under it she says I bet you if you call lazy boy and you get the guy to come out with an x-ray machine <laughs> and he he will x-ray this chair and he will find my teeth <laughs> So we cracked up, you know, we're like rolling on top of each other on the sofa. And she says, what are you laughing at? And we're like, Ma, it's not a thing. Like, the lazy boy guy does not come out with the X-ray. With the machine. X-ray, yeah. Right. She goes, I'll bet you I could call lazy boy right now and they'll come out. I said, well, you go right ahead, mother. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the warranty. The chair ate the teeth. Yeah. 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 But I mean, okay, so that was funny. Yeah, that I mean, is it funny. was funny. It's that is funny. sad, but it's it was more funny than sad. Uh, you know, my grandmother, she was in her 90s. But dementia for maybe 12 years. And my mother passed away really young, so, so my grandmother really outlived her. And she was in a, um, at the time, they weren't assisted livings. It was more of a nursing, nursing home situation. Home, yeah. Once again, my age, there were no assisted livings, independent livings, memory care, all of that. And someone had to tell her that her daughter mm. passed. And um, it's, it, my brother, who is a very, you know him well, and... Uh, so Scott drew the short straw to go inform my mom that her daughter had passed away. So he goes to the thing, and he's there, um, tells her that I have something that I need to tell you. And so he says, you know, Jolene, your daughter died. She passed away. And, and she kind of looked at him, and she goes, oh. She goes, do you have any Reese's peanut butter cups? <laughs> 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 and, and when my brother told me that, I was like, no. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, all that angst, probably knowing, you know, Scott probably not sleeping. I've got to go do this. It's yeah. That's when you're glad they have dementia. Yeah, when it's stuff like that that they're completely unaware of how bad things are or how sad. Or how you are. look. She used to tell me, um, which she, she didn't when she was living. She used to say, "Oh, you're such a nice lady." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really. Or this was the best. She'd go, you, honey, you don't have to. You've been here such a long time. You really, I've been there two minutes. I was like, okay. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Gotta go. In my family, the joke is my grandmother used to look at us, and she was in a nursing home, and she would say, I can't believe you haven't been picked up for some modeling. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> Isn't it great? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's really Can't good believe stuff. It. You know? <laughs> that's but great. that's the kind of stuff, you know, you know, when people, you know, pass on and stuff, that's what it's all about. It's all about. You remember all the good stuff. You do. Memories and, uh, yeah, yeah. And for the person that wrote in, I just realized um, 
you know, she's already grieving. Like the grieving process when your parents are mm. going, that it starts. And so the upside of that is you kind of, I mean, you still grieve when they when they die, but it's it's hard. What she's going through now, in my opinion, is the worst part, honestly. Mm. That's that's what I would say. Curious, when when it's all over, what was there like specific feeling or how would I word that, Mr. Well, I mean, it, it's a strange word, but it's relief. Yes. Yeah. When you're talking about the loss of your parents. Yes. Yeah. You know, my parents are dead. It's a relief. It doesn't yes. sound great, but that's why it sounds that's why, that's why I think the word. Well, the, you I, know, you'd be, I'd be reluctant to ask that normally, you know. No, it, Were you relieved that they died? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like <laughs> yeah. the best day of my life. Yeah. No, it yeah, was, yeah. Yes, but it Hugely is. relieved. I had no, to play we Quizzo. Were, we were praying like, oh, my God. Well, you know, like, Mom, please just close your eyes because it was just the last, you know. I mean, she died six months after my father. Wow. And she got COVID. And he had, you know, COVID was not kind to people that had conditions and were yeah. in their 80s. But, um yeah, it's it's relief. I mean, it's weird. It's sad. It's like, oh my god, I don't have a mother anymore, or oh my god, I'm an orphan now. But mm-hmm. you know, an orphan at the age of fifty-eight. Yeah. But, um They say though. You, you, I remember Tom Kennedy. I remember said that I could go to the. You can go to the orphans' picnic. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> no, but you could you could have a club. I told my friends whose parents had passed before mine. Like now we can all start an orphans' club. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. really are. You really are. You know, when people talk <laughs> about their parents, it's really different at first. Mine have been gone so long, but yours have not. Yeah. And when people talk about their parents, you're like, "Wow, mine aren't." You yeah. Know. Wow, I had parents. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, it's really. I, I was um, seven months pregnant with Doug when my dad died. Mm. So, but he did meet Robert um, as a little, a little, tyke. little, oh, really little, little enough to put mm-hmm. in a trash can and sit him up on the office counter thinking everybody wanted to meet him. <laughs> everybody was there for you. Everybody, everybody was there for you, Rob. Nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed. Everybody came into the insurance office to see you. So exciting. Yeah. Thrilling yeah. for them <laughs> that they got a reprieve from their insurance agent. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing. You know, you were saying what people talk about, you know, because they have something in common. You yes. know, you have something in common with people that have lost their parents. I, you know, you have something in common when your dad had a has a heart attack, and you think you're the only person in the world whose father has had a heart attack, and then oh, everybody's father has. It seemed yeah. like everybody I talked to, his father has had a heart attack. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's really amazing. What I don't particularly, and I'm guilty of it, is if you're sitting around a pool or something down in Florida visiting a friend, they talk about procedures. Oh God. You know, it's like, and I or have ailments. really good hearing, which is a good, nice thing, mm-hmm. but I'm listening to the, the clamp the mectomy over here. Yeah. This is Rich coming from someone. I've heard about her left. <laughs> what, what hand is it? <laughs> Just tell rich. her what hand. Tell Barry what hand what it is. What happened? Oh, I'm having hand surgery. She's having oh, hand Lord. surgery. Yeah, trigger finger. The audience is hearing about it for the first time. I'm hearing about it for the thousandth time. You have trigger finger? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is, but. Um, it has nothing to do with a uh, weapon. Okay. It's when your finger... It's kind of painful, and I can't bend it, but if it bent, it would lock, and then it would pop back up. People listening uh, are, they know what it is. They'll they'll know what it is. It's actually my sister had, I think, had it done, and I know my dad did, so maybe it's... um, Genetic. Genetic or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah, procedures, and, but, you know, people talk about what they, um, what they have in common, you know? Yeah, or like, you know, at the age of, you know, I'm on the sunny side of 60 now, 
And they're talking about, you know, like, oh, my God, my to- a tooth fell out. What do you mean your tooth fell out? Oh, my toenail fell off. What do you mean your so, – and then it's like, <laughs> right. oh, my God, I'm gross. I'm like a gross oh, yeah. human now. You know, really? you, yeah, it used to be you had a cavity. Right. And then I was having root canals. Yeah. Like, it was really like, what happened? Crown. Yeah, what happened? Crowns. You You're royalty. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't just one tooth. It was like multiple teeth. I was having like – where it probably sounded like I was making it up to my work you know, I was like no seriously I had another <laughs> dental procedure that I have to go to and it was awful yeah they but, were saying use something else Rob you've been using the dentist for uh, yeah yeah something else the great news is that you're still around and hopefully having a pretty good time so I can't complain so people say that right it's like oh god I can't believe I don't you know I don't want to be at whatever age it's like but then people will say, but it's better than the alternative. Yeah, well, you actually, know? you know, it is. And and mm. there are some benefits to, you were at my 60th Yes, that was a party. blast. Yeah. Are you going to have a big party? Next year? I think so. Yeah. If, I think I am. I think it'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty cool. 60s really pretty, is, pretty, uh, is a pretty interesting, you know, I think it was a pretty interesting age. I was telling Rob, I, I do, the seven still, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that number. It's just you look a, exactly the same as you did. Thank you, Barry. On your 60th birthday. Thank you, Barry. I'm serious. Yeah, she's serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I think she looks great too. She does. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're active. I think being active, you know, even walking will saves people a lot of, you know. Yeah, I, I really think it's do. hugely important. Big, bigly. Yeah, yeah, active, and I'm still sticking with the humor. I'm st- just laugh. Just I love. I really, I find so many things amusing. And you know that, Barry, because usually we, I'm shocked that we've gotten through this without acting like complete idiots. <laughs> I can't, I am. She was working for your uncle and we first met, I think, I swear to God, the day we met, I, we were probably making fun of somebody. <laughs> It's not, pro- not your we'll, we'll talk, yeah, probably yeah. not Scott. <laughs> yeah, it was just like lots of laughter. Yeah. It was just an instant connection of uh, sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's just so important to me. It's just so important because, uh, as I said, you know, lots of stuff's not easy. I think it's the most important thing. And even, you know, talking about death and dying, and that's it, it's so heavy. And my best friend died when um, she was 46 three weeks before her 46th birthday. Charlene. Bobby, you remember that, yes, jo- I uh, jo- uh, Joyce. Oh. Yeah, Charlene was Charlene the next year. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway. But the thing is that you can always, always, always find something to laugh at. Always. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just believe that's true. doesn't yeah. matter. The situation is dark, but you can always find something. Plus, some of that is like when you're going through that experience and somebody you love is is dying and maybe you haven't gone through that experience before. So there's always something new and like there's no book on it, right? Like you don't know how you're supposed to act or behave. I remember my friend Joyce, she was on oxygen and I said, we gotta burn some incense or something up in here. It's like nasty up in here, Joyce. And she's like, get the sage, get the sage. And I go to light it and we're looking at each other across the room and I'm like, what about the oxygen? She's like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I lit the sage and we're both looking at each other with big eyes like, am I going to blow this house up? Yeah. yeah. It's true though, but it's it's not, I, I think it's discouraged to talk about it broadly. It really is. Like even leading into this podcast, talking to a few you know people who have been following us along the way, usually the first reaction was, oof, yeah. that's kind of heavy. Like, do you really want to go there? We're all going to get there. Yeah, it's so life. It's life. So I think if you can do it in a, 
as you, you know, to your point, in a humorous way. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, the people around you, you surround yourself with people who, you know, give you that soft place to fall and uh, can appreciate a good, can appreciate and a good yarn. Absolutely, and directing to just um, briefly to the the woman that wrote in, um, what would your suggestions be if you don't have family or someone that you can vent? I mean, you need to vent. You know, you need to express how you're feeling and what's going on. So what what would you say to her, you know, sort of number one, number two, things that you can do to make y- your life a little bit easier? Well, number one is you have to take time for yourself. So whatever that time is, if it's reading, if it's going to the gym, if it's getting drunk, once a week, I don't, I don't care what it is, but you have to, you can't always be the caregiver 24 seven. You have to have a break. But the other thing is like, there are really good groups, support groups. There are, I mean, you're, you're a life coach. There are life coaches, there are therapists, there are groups, there's, and everybody's, you know, you can't go anywhere without finding somebody who's lost parents. And, um, Usually, if the parents have a diagnosis like Alzheimer's or my father had Parkinson's, the hospitals or their doctors will have support. You know, they'll have literature and and groups and things that you can do. And also, I mean, it wouldn't be my preference, but there are a lot of virtual support groups and people love them. People people use online Mm -hmm. support. Yeah. So um, I, I think, you know, yeah, you have to vent and you have to also get away. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we, we were talking a little bit about that before we got here. And I was saying, you know, there are people, a lot of people don't have the means, you know, to, you know, to, because to, you have to pay me, right. you know, for um, support and to be there. And, um, but if you do, that's a great idea or, you know, any kind of therapy or whatever it is that you need, if you can afford that. And also the means possibly to hire help. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be there all the time. Somebody else can hire a cleaning person. Yeah. Let somebody else do that. That Right. Or also, I mean, you have friends, you have neighbors, somebody will go sit with your mother for an hour. People will, if you ask, they will ask, ask your friend. You have to ask people to help you. Yes, you do. And, and a lot of times, um, a lot of times women don't and the, uh, not they don't but also you know when you're when you're the caretaker of your parents it's so um, it's such an emotional hardship but when if i said to you hey bob will you go sit with mom and dad for an hour hell yeah it would be it's like nothing for you because it's an hour out of your day but it doesn't have that that same no, it weight doesn't. it's, it's almost like your child it. when you know, when your kid is in a restaurant i don't care what the restaurant is crying or doing something you're hearing every noise, every drop, every, you know, I've got to get out of here. This is so embarrassing. They're ruining people's dinners, blah, 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 blah. When it's somebody else's kid, I don't even hear it. Right. I'm like, unless it's ridiculous, but like, that's not my kid. I mean, we're just eating. It's, and you almost feel thrilled that it's not, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I feel sorry for those <laughs> bastards over there. Yeah. Right. Cause they're not having any fun at all chasing that kid around. And it's the same thing with your parents. I mean, you're, I don't know the whole, yeah. what they're saying. You're not going to have any right. emotional. I don't have that. My um, mother's going to tell you about the teeth in the chair. Exactly. Say, right, I'm going to think that's pretty funny. I'll call. Yeah, I'll call. <laughs> <laughs> There's no skin off my back. That's great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Barry. This has been really fun. This has been wonderful. Thank you for sharing your stories, and thanks for sharing your experiences. We really appreciate it. This was our 10th episode, and I thought it was 
one of our best. So oh. thank you so much. You guys are great. I'm okay. happy for you thank that you. you're doing this. It's yeah. really a, re- a terrific podcast. I'm tell I tell everybody. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, we've done ten, so you can find our podcasts on our website at www.12poundpodcast.com. We'll continue to put out episodes every week and. Though the summer is ending, we'll still have a couple opportunities to get back up on the boardwalk for Maury's Piers, who we are grateful as sponsors. So we want to thank them again for all of their support as we launch this new endeavor. And we will continue to share our stories with you. So thanks so much, Barry. Thank you. Thanks, thank Barry. Thank you, guys. Love Mom, you, man. thank you. Love you, too. Yeah.